On a Monday, it's Bigger Pockets Daily. This is where we take the best articles from biggerpockets.com and read them, so you can keep learning about real estate while you go about your busy life. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com biggerpockets. The ticking time bomb in real estate is not prices. It's this. By Paul Moore. Are nightmares about the economy still keeping you awake at night? Well, the news lately has been fairly mixed. There are reports that prices won't fall as much and might even rise next year, as well as reports of catastrophe. Who's right? Who's wrong? What I do know, though, is that there's a ticking time bomb in real estate. It's not housing prices or even higher interest rates. It's throttled a credit market. The ticking time bomb. Credit markets aren't as broadly followed and discussed as other economic indicators. We typically look at these things. Unemployment, interest rates, Wall Street, housing starts, existing home sales, and prices. But credit cycles can often have a greater impact than these widely followed and studied indicators. Let's talk about the credit cycle. So the credit markets are extremely volatile. They can be wide open one day and slammed shut the next. When credit markets throttle down, it will likely impact residential and commercial real estate investments more than it will impact necessities like food and gas. Credit cycles are significantly impacted by psychology. This is one of the reasons these cycles and others like Wall Street are so volatile and unpredictable. There is a human factor involved, and it's impossible for any investor, no matter how sophisticated, to accurately predict the future of credit cycles, and thus, the real estate market, or the future in general. 
Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Howard Marks, and others I consider experts are very clear in their opinion on this. Let's move on to the impact of credit cycles. Capital must be available for maturing debt to be refinanced. Unlike residential mortgages, which often have a 30-year timeline, commercial finance matures in short timeframes. Commercial real estate debt, in particular, typically has a timeline of 3, 5, 7, 10, or up to 12 years. Of course, there are a lot of real estate loans that were initiated several years ago that need to be refinanced in the coming months and years. As you can imagine, this could be devastating for these operators and their investors. Unless income has significantly increased over the past several years, it's likely we will see a lot of defaults. Real estate foreclosures. Pain and suffering. Yet, potential opportunity for well-positioned investors. I truly hope this doesn't happen to anyone, but in my decades in business, I have seen it happen over and over again. Banks and other financial institutions are the sites of colossal mismatches in the need for capital. Banks have massive demand deposits that can be cashed in on a day-to-day basis. But they've loaned that money, and much more, to borrowers who have long time frames, sometimes up to 30 years This may cause financial institutions to be cautious in their lending, even when an economy looks generally healthy. I believe that is happening right now. Increased risk premiums built into many loans are some evidence of this. The throttling down of a lot of lending right now is more evidence. Credit markets give off massive signals that create potentially devastating psychological impacts. It's a vicious cycle. Credit markets get spooked by economic news and throttle down. The throttling down causes more problems in the investment realm, including real estate and Wall Street. These problems cause further tightening and... you get the picture. Here's an overview of credit cycles. I often recommend one of my favorite books by Oak Tree Capital Investments founder Howard Marks. It's called Mastering the Market Cycle, Getting the Odds on Your Side. It was published in 2018 as a follow-up to his fantastic earlier book, The Most Important Thing. Mark says that credit markets play a bigger role in the economy than most people would think. So let's look at the signs of the two extremes in credit cycles. A generous credit market. Yeah, we've seen a generous credit market for the past decade or so. Many new real estate investors have only experienced generous credit markets. Oh, good times. A rising tide that lifts all boats, happiness, joy, and love all around, money flowing like a river. According to Marx, a generous credit market looks like this. Fear of missing out on profitable opportunities, reduced risk aversion and skepticism, reduced due diligence, too much money chasing too few deals, willingness to buy assets in increased quantity, willingness to buy assets of reduced quality, Relaxed loan covenants as lenders compete for debt, high asset prices, low prospective returns, high risk and skimpy risk premiums, a feeling that things will get better forever. Ironically, the worst of deals are done in the best of times, and that is what we've seen for the past 12 or so years. But don't forget Warren Buffett's haunting prediction only when the tide goes out. Do you discover who's been swimming naked? If you've been swimming naked, now would be a good time to get your clothes on, if it's not too late already. 
Sadly, I fear it is too late for many syndicators and commercial real estate investors. Perhaps some residential investors as well? The other extreme, an uptight, cautious credit market. It appears that we are entering and have entered an uptight, cautious credit market. This is a time when fear of loss comes to the forefront, and the desire for the amazing gains we've seen this last decade takes a back seat. People suddenly remember again the fear of losing money trumps the desire for speculative gains. <laughs> As it should. Remember, if you gain 50% on your investment, that is great news. But if you lose 50%, you must double your money to get back where you started. That often involves speculation, more risk-taking, and other bad practices that can land you in bankruptcy court. Here is Mr. Marx's brief description of a cautious, uptight credit market. Fear of losing money, heightened risk aversion and skepticism, unwillingness to lend and invest regardless of merit, shortages of capital everywhere, economic contraction and difficulty refinancing debt, defaults, bankruptcies and restructuring, restrictive loan covenants, low asset prices, high potential returns, low risk, and excessive risk premiums, a feeling that things will get worse forever. We could be heading into a time like this. It looks like some of these things are happening right now. Let's take a look at a few mini case studies. What do you think? Do you see evidence of a commercial real estate lending market tightening a bit? Yeah, I certainly do. Here are three points of evidence. Number one, about a minute after economist Lauren Baker's presentation at BPCon 2022 in October, I asked the Real Estate Guys radio host, my friend Robert Helms, what he thought of the presentation. He said he agreed a soft landing is certainly possible, but the recent tightening of the credit markets made him wonder if things would go south faster than the economist's evidence might point to. He said he had already heard that from people he was talking to. Second, I was on stage at the Bigger Pockets Commercial Real Estate Forum the same afternoon. A.J. Osborne, a respected self-storage developer and operator, had some strong things to say about this topic. From the stage, he said that at least two banks he has long and trusted relationships with were significantly throttling down their lending. That equates to not making commercial loans right now. <laughs> he told the audience that this throttling of commercial credit availability could be the time bomb that undercuts everything else in this economy. And third, I was recently at the Left Field Investors Meetup hosted by Jim Pfeiffer. It was a great conference, and I saw some of you there too. Rob Levy of LBX is a wonderful syndicator who invests in outdoor shopping centers. He reported a substantial decrease in lending for the retail space right now. LBX has a long, successful track record and can still get financing. However, he stated that he is still seeing a significant slowdown in commercial lending right now. Just to be clear, a lot of this applies more to private banks, CMBS lending, and the like. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are charged with residential lending, mobile home parks, apartments, residential homes, will continue to make loans through whatever means in the economy. So if you're investing in those types of assets, and I know most of you are, you should still be able to get debt. So are you okay? Should you breathe a sigh of relief? Maybe not. 
If the economy goes into a tailspin, I'm not predicting that. It could still significantly impact pricing, home sales, and all types of investments. If it happens, is all lost? No. Remember, Mr. Buffett's most famous saying, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. There will likely be an upcoming opportunity to find deals that you have not been able to find over the past several years. A slowing economy could mean a great opportunity for many of us. Howard Marks said that, ironically, while the worst of deals are made in the best of times, the best of deals are made in the worst of times. So you may soon have opportunities you have not been seeing. What is soon? I don't know. But if the Great Recession is any indicator, the best deals will probably not come in the coming year or so. Of course, the Great Recession may not be the best comp given the gravity of that crisis, but uh, we just can't tell. History doesn't always repeat itself, but it certainly rhymes a lot of the time. Here's some frightening news. One final note. There was a recent article by Fitch Ratings that sounds sort of upbeat if you're not reading closely. But there's a, a, a paragraph that I've excerpted here, which paints a pretty serious picture for many commercial real estate deals. 23% or $6.2 billion of maturing volume would not be able to refinance under any of the scenarios. NOI growth averaging at least one and a half times current in-place NOI or a new equity infusion that deleverages existing debt by at least one-third on average would be needed to pass the refinancing thresholds. We're in a little bit of a pickle, to say the least. I hope you got some value out of that article. Before I get out of here, did you know Bigger Pockets has nationwide data that can help you identify the best market, neighborhood, and property to invest in? It's called Bigger Pockets Insights, and it's a benefit available to pro members only. See if Bigger Pockets Insights can help you at biggerpockets.com/insights. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.